We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macker, with you for another episode of the Next Film School Podcast. I am, uh, we're recording this on, uh, what is it, Tuesday at uh, 5.45. I'm a little out of sorts. One, because as I'm sure Chris Persianen somewhere out there will appreciate, I just woke up from an afternoon nap. I'm not ashamed to say it. It's a, it's a reality of life when you become an old man, which I am. And two, um, my guest today is... Um, someone that i talk to forget every day i talk to him i don't know eight times a day a dozen times a day at at a certain point it's like every hour it feels like it's hey checking in hey the planning this i this is weird i'm right there with you john this is weird it's it's strange um so if for anybody who doesn't recognize the voice this is andrew claudio the producer of the next film school podcast and also uh quite a good podcast host in his own right which we're actually going to talk about for a bit um so hi andrew how are you hi john i want to just make it clear that this is because we had a cancellation (laughs) and rather than Going to find someone last minute. You came up with the idea of well, we're gonna do we we'll do a little gimmick, but then yeah. you decided to take me all the way out of my comfort zone and said, yeah. "I'll interview you. I have questions." It's like, oh, okay. I have to not. I have to let go of the leash a little bit. That is you do. that is something I have to learn how to do anyway. Thank you, my therapist, for that advice. Uh, so yes, I'm, I'm happy to be here on the Next Film School podcast. You can be happy to be here on the Next Film School podcast. I'm always you... on the Next Film School podcast. It's behind the scenes. Now I'm actually like welcomed to the stage. 
Um, yeah, welcome to this qu- quite a yeah. stage here in the Macreve laundry room. Um, mm. well, well, uh, I, you've already thrown me off here. Um, no, but in fairness, we have been going back and forth about doing some kind of a show together, with, you know, something or another. So this is not like it's completely out of the blue. Um, I want to make that very clear. Well, okay. we're, well, we're making things clear, but yes, we did have a cancellation, but, um, so we are, I guess I'll say the gimmick and then we, we'll try it for a bit before we get to the gimmick. So the gimmick today, um, we're both very big fans of a particular podcast that has nothing to do with basketball or sports for that matter. Um, the Big Picture Podcast on the Ringer mm-hmm. Podcast Network, and they periodically do um, top fives. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good podcast. If you like movies, I would recommend it. Not that they need my recommendation. God knows. Um, so we're going to do some, some top fives. We're going to each do our top five questions. Um, from now until we left it kind of vague, the summertime, when until the, the leaves start to change, until the I foliage. believe my definition of this was just like my five biggest questions, like going forward, going forward, fine, like that aren't necessarily like who's the point guard gonna be, yeah. who are they gonna draft? It's actually big picture. Some some minutia questions, some in depth things. Some are about this season. Some are long term. But yes, going forward is how I defined this. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna have some fun with that. But before we get there, um, let's see. How can I put this? So, Andrew Claudio. For those of you who don't know, well, actually, no. This is how I'm gonna start this because one of the people who don't know is is me because this is what i was going to say you ready for this andrew i was going to be like for those who don't know andrew claudio used to host a podcast with with jeremy Mm -hmm. uh jeremy cohen uh who you just heard on this podcast a couple days ago um and then you traveled your way here and i know how that happened but i actually so like you've moved behind the scenes um and you also had your own podcast in addition to gotham final score which i've been a guest on uh, or I was a guest on many times, and and you um, you peacefully bid adieu to mm-hmm. um, a few months ago. Um, so I just want to, because let's start here. I know what it means to me to be in front of the mic. As I've spoken about, I'm not, I don't necessarily love podcasting, like in its own like to me it's it's i get to talk about the next like i love writing writing's the thing that i love podcasting is something that i have that i do and it's fun you seemed to have always seemed to me to be someone who genuinely loves being in front of a microphone and now you are mostly behind the microphone so what what's the what's the deal are you are you like cool being my producer like where are you secretly angsty Every time you have to, are you like loathing doing this job? <laughs> I feel like this is a, a a performance review where you're asking me like, are you coming for my job? No. Um, <laughs> are you coming so for my job? Not well. So we, this is funny. We actually texted the other day because, I mean, you know a little bit about personally I, what I've gone through and a little bit, a little of bit, some of yeah. the some of the things that I've had to overcome just on a personal level. We were joking around that. I guess Jeremy said, um, maybe Andrew's going to get back into Nick's content. And I went, no, thank you. I have, I've tried the competing with Nick's film school thing. I'd rather be on your side (laughs) with this. Um, I enjoy being behind a microphone, talking into a microphone as much as you believe I do. It is something I have wanted to do my whole life. And, you know, this industry is not easy. So you find your ways in where you can. And as I made it clear on 
the last episode of Final Score. It's not my last episode ever. I'm not retiring from podcasting. And oh, as you yeah. probably know, there is somebody I'm talking to about collaborating on a project with in the not too distant future. So yeah, that could be sooner, about. could be sooner rather than later. Look, to be behind the scenes, it just takes a lot of ego to be put to the side. I take yeah. every time somebody says like, great job, Macri is, oh, they mean great job us. And that's how I've learned to appreciate what we're doing. I'm here to literally make you look good is my, <laughs> my, when, and sound good, which is the I actual feel, thing that I'm I thankful for. I bad for you. <laughs> it, listen, uh, the one thing I will say when we were technically competitors way back in the day, there you go. Um, I always knew like I was going to have you on sound quality on like yeah. the way the pod sounds like my show would sound better. It was like early on third, fourth episode where you went deep dive on on some cleaning the glass stats and some like net rating shit that I just never cared about. Cause it was like, <laughs> yeah, he, he was playing defense and then he wasn't. And like, that was my whole analysis <laughs> and it was okay. He will always have me on the analysis. And then when I was a free agent, I was like, maybe I can make John's sound like top tier. And that's the thing I have the most pride in. So I'm, I'm very satisfied with my role. No, because I, for, for, for a person to sit and, um, intellectually, um, intellectually recognize what it takes to be successful in the role that you're successful in, which is, as you said, to put ego to the side, that's a big difference from actually being able to do it and not letting it seep into like, you don't ever for one second, there's like not never been an, an ounce of like resentment towards like me or the fact that I'm like the, the one in front of the mic, which is crazy to me because speaking of, you know, uh, imposter syndrome and all that you're, as I've said to you openly, I'm no better at this than than you are you're just i mean you're great in front of a mic so we don't have to get into this back and forth but um my point is it's like it's just interesting to me because i have zero interest in ever producing a podcast like do any of the shit you do <laughs> oh my god as you can tell because my production quality was shit for- oh so if we could go even more behind the scenes with please people. when we did the live trade deadline show yeah and you had so much fun doing that with Jeremy where you're interacting and yeah, we took a break in the middle, but for you, it was like an intermission. If only you knew how much prep and how much oh, I, time went into setting that up. I mean, I have up. an idea. And I just the, the transitions I was doing throughout and then my computer crapped out midway through. So we had to restart it and I was able to make it sound smooth in, in post, but during the actual live broadcast, it was like, all right, this was... A one-time thing. We'll we'll reconvene maybe in the future for a special event. However, more inside baseball, John would like to make every show live oh, yeah. if he could, and I'm Let's like, do- no, no, you don't get it. There's so much surprise, Andrew. We we're going live right now. That's the welcome, no, welcome, no. welcome listeners gave- and callers. Yeah. I just got I just got really scared all of a sudden, really sweaty yeah. all of a sudden. Look, so if I can make this really personal, and I don't want to get too deep on the Knicks film school podcast, you know, but we don't have to go to, yeah, but I, I like do a little bit about my story. I've coming out of college. I had an internship at a, a step stool to what I thought was going to be my dream job. I had a chance to go work in Bristol and for somebody, for anybody that knows what big media companies in Bristol, Connecticut, you know what I'm talking about when I say I had the opportunity to go work there and it got so far to the point where I signed an offer letter 
and they, they reported for my first day. And because of a technicality, it got taken away. And I've had multiple experiences like that happen. So as a result, any hint of foot in the door or modicum of success that I'm able to be a part of or be responsible for in this industry, I'm just thankful to still be having a chance to do it, which is why like being part of Nick's film school, just being grateful is the easiest perspective to have rather yeah, than resentful. You that's, know? that's so to me, cause I'm listen, I'm, well, I I'll, I won't put words in your mouth. Me, I've just outright failed at thing and thing and thing after thing over the course of most of my life and thought like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. No, it sucks. Um, a lot of people, I feel like ha when they experience, you know, failures, they just say, uh, you know, fuck it and they wither away and that's it. Um, maybe not New Yorkers. We're a particularly tough brand of folk. Um, but you, you didn't let it get you down obviously and i you know it's that is the one thing i will say for myself is i'm i, I was talking about the lord the other night um oh god what was what were we maybe it was after i guess i could say it now because it's gonna be out today after i recorded the putback with uh with ian ah, when's and, that coming uh, out? well i don't I think it's coming out today when when this pod drops i don't ah, know maybe, okay. I hope i didn't, I didn't spoil anything stay tuned. um uh, yeah stay tuned anyway um and i was like man what I must have been insane to like years ago be like, yeah, I'm gonna just get into you know media as a 30, however, five, six year old man. Um, but no, you didn't let it deter you either, which is why um I think we work well together because we just yeah. you know it's like <laughs> a couple of audacious idiots who think that they can just you know well so so even more so and I, I don't want this to turn. I, I, we do this a lot where it gets. Into we a do. We, we're not going to do it. No, no. But I'll just say this. The number one thing that I think you and I have agreed to throughout this is like it has to stay fun. Like we're here for jokes. We're kids in a candy store. This can never actually feel like work. And I'm wearing a Godzilla outfit, shirt. Speaking like of kids. We, I literally put a Godzilla vs. Kong question into the postgame show last night solely so that way this stays fun yeah, and is. at the end of the day like what the what's happening in the world over the last year Ugh. fuck what's happening in minnesota right now world, right now yeah right like, now there's a lot of stuff that could deflate you so as a result we're here <laughs> to take your mind off it a little bit and that's something i think we've always i know jeremy's in on that or chris is yeah. in on. i know you're in on that mentality and um i'm glad i really am just like thankful to be part of the success let well, alone responsible for some of it that that, that, that is my story i'm sticking to it and i cannot good, wait to fill in again in the future and be uncomfortable well, with compliments filling in for your shoes sorry you'll be filling in soon man because uh my my paternity leave ends your paternity on sunday is over. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about so, not okay fun. now i get to do what i intended to do and hide the show for a little bit oh, so geez. how are you john how are the kids how is life as a to girl dad times two. Well, I'm going to keep this very quick because I want to, I actually do want to talk about some of these because I'm curious. We can, we are. can. Um, well, life, it's fine. Life is great. Um, my, uh, I have two great kids. I mean, I don't know what I should, I, people say, I have two great kids. Oh, how old are you younger? Yeah, she's just three weeks old. I don't know. Maybe my younger kid sucks. Who knows? Um, but right now she's, <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> she, she shits a lot. Um, she doesn't cry that much. She sleeps. Okay. Um, she had a lot of pimples. Um, everybody's kept telling me, oh, my gosh, you have a beautiful daughter. I'm like, I don't know. 
Um, you know but, the internet's forever, right? They're going to be able to use YouTube one day and go look up this video. You will be, will be able to use YouTube. Oh, can they already? Like, Scarlet Ray is all over it. We oh, keep okay. it with it, There's a kid's YouTube that you could. It's a special app that she has on her um, her. I can't believe I'm about to say on her iPad. Dude, this is with the world in 2021. It's a frightening mm-hmm. fucking place. Um, but yeah, no, my I look, I love I love both of my older daughter, Scarlet Ray, is my um, you know, four and a half. I say it all the time, she's already smarter than me. Um, and she and she has another one of uh a wonderful quality. She's very manipulative, which I think is gonna take her very far in life. So I'm very happy about that. She's able to get whatever she wants from us. <laughs> and it's like she knows and she, I, I, she, I'm like this little, but she's good. She's uh-huh. really good. She's really good. Do you love them more than Britney Spears? Um, yes. You have a question you need to answer, by the way. Britney Spears or Godzilla? Oh, yeah. So I wore the Godzilla shirt today um, because I think Godzilla's, you know, I go I go back longer with Godzilla. So I have to mm-hmm. say Godzilla. Godzilla okay. was my first, my first, I think maybe because I was, you know, like every kid, I was obsessed with dinosaurs. I think I might have been obsessed with Godzilla even before I was obsessed with dinosaurs, which okay. is crazy. Um, no yeah. disrespect to Miss Spears, you know, I mean, who's obviously listening to this podcast right now. I, I well, I mean, she's you know, again, free Britney. Um, you know, she's <laughs> she's not really doing much of anything else at the moment. So. You saw that documentary, yeah? That... We said we watched it when it premiered. Okay, so mm, can we just acknowledge that the guardianship or whatever the thing is called wow. might have saved her career? Oh, I mean, I don't like, know. Yes, about that. it's it, it seems like she's evolved to the point where she doesn't need it anymore, which gets into the legal side of it and how it might not be good, how it's tough to get out of one of those. But it is the the point where it picks up, where it takes over her life to where it then like she yeah, ends up no, with a I, Vegas show, makes appearances on How I Met Your Mother, goes on Fallon a bunch of times, is all of a sudden releasing new music and. It's like, all right, I think this might have actually saved your career, but now that you've evolved to the point where you don't need it, you should get out of it. Hashtag free Britney. No, I, the whole story was just interesting. It's 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 one of the most wild things in the world. Yes. Um, and we what whatever I, just, I you know we just we I, here in the Macri household we root for Britney. Mostly we root we we root for new music because it's it's been a little while now. Um, yes. And uh, she is uh, she's. I must of, confess, I still believe there's listen man that's <laughs> not talking about a song that has a special place in my heart oh good oh is that your top britney is that is it hit me baby one more time you're number one because oops i did it again was a game changer to 11 year old andrew claudio i mean that i still remember when i first saw that video i remember exactly yes, where i was thank you um i was <laughs> want to laugh i was only like 16 but i was in a bar and how was i in a bar because i was in italy um on an exchange okay. program in, in high school <laughs> go figure Oh, uh, the red jumpsuit. No, uh, b- best Britney song. Um, God, it's weird to because I can't just separate. I, I promise we're getting to Nick's talk in like th- 30 seconds. I can't separate the nostalgia of the early Britney from the songs themselves. So if you're asking me just about like favorite song, I might have to pick something later. Later, I, later. Um, like Radar. Is really- we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They go like, um, okay, like toxic. I'm not, I'm not as big a toxic okay. guy as some other people. Um, but like, uh, oh, what was the other one on the, on the same album as Radar? Um, a lot of a lot of good later stuff. Anyway, okay. Now that I've lost all the uh, all respect of every listener. No, I um, love how. Listen, there <clears throat> will be people. There will be a select portion of our listeners that were like, "I've always wanted to hear their thoughts on Britney Spears." On Britney Spears, because <laughs> I'm leaving all of this in. This is what happens when you get a cancellation, folks. This is what happens. Okay, let's just get into it. So we're gonna go from five to one, obviously. Yes. Um. Do you? How do you want to decide who goes first? Age before beauty. So that means me. I go first. Yes, sir. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So my my fifth question um, is, and I, I, I now you got me worried that mine are going to be boring. Um, I'm I am really fascinated by the Mitch situation, mm. and specifically, I'm fascinated by the situation developing with Mitch and Noel, with Noel's kind of sort of emergence as like how much of a difference does this really make um, between Mitchell Robinson and Nolan's Noel? And as I say that, I know there will be a large, not insignificant group of Nick fans. Um, it's, and so to be clear, the question is like, what are they going to do with the situation? Like is, is, is Mitchell Robinson still a long-term priority, I guess would be the way to phrase it. But I do really think it has to do with Nerlens Noel because while Nerlens Noel is not nearly the talent that Mitchell Robinson is, um, and while Nolan's Noel is, he's just flatly not the same pick and roll defender he is. He's not as he's not as big as Mitch. Like he gets bodied on the boards. Like I, I looked at some numbers today. He can do some stuff that is really it's it's good. Like their turnover rate goes up. Um, I looked at it today. If you go per thirty six, um, players in the league who have played at least a thousand minutes. How many do you think have um, combined five uh, steals and blocks per per thirty six minutes? Per thirty six, Nolan's Noel has five steals per thirty six. No, no, no. Combine combine between oh, your combine between th- the two. Okay. Yeah. Um. Wow. Is is it like more than twenty? Um. It is a lot less than twenty. Oh, so is it like five? It is. Um. Oh wait! Oh wait! Oh wait! No, hold on! I, I'm pulling it up right now. So Nerlens Noel has exactly um, five uh, total. He has three point seven steals, or sorry, blocks per thirty six minutes, um, or three point three blocks per thirty six minutes, and one point seven steals per thirty six minutes. And again, this is only players who have played over a thousand minutes. Miles Turner qualifies. He has four blocks per thirty six and one steal per thirty six, and that is it. 
The only other players who come close, Rudy Gobert has 3.2 blocks per 36 and 0.6 steals, and Chris Boucher has three blocks per 36 and 0.9 steals. And do you have Mitch's numbers in front of you? Like what his blocks plus steals were per 36? Um, with the magic of the internet, I could uh, pull can. up actually right now. You need me to filibuster? Uh, no, it's going to take me about, I think this is, this is the filibustering I need. I'm done with the filibustering Okay, perfect. Right 1.9 <laughs> blocks per 36, 1.5 steals per 36, which is interesting because, um, he's actually stealing more passes per 36 minutes than Noel. And this goes back to like, wait a minute, Mitchell Robinson is really special. The only reason his blocks are so low is because people don't challenge him at the rim as much. Mm-hmm. As this, yeah. As that, yeah, exactly. They they know what his what his deal is. Um, so well, I am not trying to say at all that that Noel is a better defender, a um, better player than than Mitch. I think actually the bigger discrepancies on the offensive end. I think Mitch is a lot better on offense. But like, is he close enough where there is a there is an internal conversation that has to take place? Depending, of course, on two things. One. There, and this is why it's a fascinating question to me. With the injury now, I think it, it adds another layer to this. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the thing that was always there is what, what, is, what are the financials that he's seeking? So is his, does his team think like he's gonna, he still is deserving of like a conversation in the Clint Capella category? Or are they willing to have a real conversation about like, we're not, that's not happening? You just said Mitchell Robinson's team. Like, I know who's representing him this week, this oh, month. God. Like, I, I, the I guy's gone through. Right. I, I, I know it's not Rich Paul anymore. I know it's not Mayar. <laughs> I, I genuinely no. don't know why he can't keep representation, which is why it's tough to really get a read on what you're well, supposed to do with yeah. him. Um, I, I mean, I, it's obviously a gigantic question for the franchise. I think just me personally, I look at the center position like running backs. Yes. I just, they're really replaceable. The, we got Nerlens Noel and Taj Gibson doing a fine job. I, I rather the, the lower their usage rate for these centers, the better, in my opinion. Which Can is I why ask I, you a running back question? Yeah. When is, the, when is the last? I know running backs get big contracts. When's the last time one of those huge running back comp contracts was unequivocally a win for the team that signed it? Because so, I, I can't think of one. Uh, mm. I mean, and I guess it's an unfair question because you could say that something is you like, what's the way to judge? Like, is it that the team was better off for having kept the running back even at the money? Or do we have to go with they won a Super Bowl with the with the running back on the big contract? And that's an answer. I don't I think I don't think that's happened, right? No, Not no. recently. I think a lot of teams have figured out just how replaceable the position is. You can look at it. Just the last draft the NFL had, one running back got taken, and it was the Chiefs. And even in then, the first, yeah. it even then, it well, one running back in the first round, exactly. Even then, you might have thought, since that running back didn't play in the Super Bowl, and I don't know, a defender, an offensive lineman, probably would have <laughs> helped them out in the Super Bowl come that time. I don't think that yeah. team needed to spend a first round pick. And so as a result, you look at where you're allocating your assets to bring it back to basketball. If Mitch is fine, accepting a, what's the deal, John? Like four I keep for going 40. Back. I, keep, I keep, no, I keep going back to it. And people, some people think I'm nuts. Offer him the Thomas Bryant contract. Thomas Bryant's a, a center in Washington for, I, I've mentioned him before. 
he signed a three-year, twenty-five million dollar deal two years ago as a as a coming off his his rookie contract. And and Thomas Bryant is not, can't defend you or me, um, but you could put him out there for twenty-five minutes a game, and that dude can score. He could get mm-hmm. you buckets. He could shoot threes. He is a really talented offensive player. Like when healthy might be a borderline top 10 offensive center. And that dude's earning $7 million a year. So what, like what you, you you're going to tell me that like Mitch deserves like something like double that. No, no, I'm sorry. No. He I doesn't. mean, I'd honestly say that's what I give Noel too. So even if you but, wanted to, well, like based off of this season, you know, but, Noel's agent is going to say, look the at the stats. That's the yeah. other part of this is now, you know, Jonathan Wasserman had a tweet about Noel, a graze, but, but that, but it, it, at the same time, there are numbers that show that Noel is maybe not all that and a bag of chips that the defense does fall off when he's, when he's out there, they, they, um they give up about three point something more points for hundred possessions. Um, speaking of cleaning the glass, I looked that up today. So I don't know, but this is why it's a question for me because there's a lot that goes into it and there's no easy answer. So, um, all right, your, your fifth question, my fifth question. So I'm going to reshuffle a bit. Cause I, I didn't really have an order. I had, I had it in level of, this is where my producer brain works of what would make the show <laughs> sound great for my last question. Whatever so I'll go with, to. I'll go with the fifth question that would make sense in this order. Um, will Frank, really not see any significant minutes the rest of the season you Mm. could probably help me with this because i've never been the biggest frank stan Mm. i've learned to appreciate the uh decision not to box score scout with him if all you're doing is looking at box scores you don't see what he contributes because a lot of it is uh guarding the passing lane so that way a turnover is forced by somebody else it's shutting down like luca's stat line or somebody he's guarding stat line might benefit the hockey assist where he's setting somebody up to then make another pass to uh, contribute in the offense. I am stunned that Thibodeau couldn't find a role for him on this team. And are we really going to get the rest of the season? And I mean, I'm going to try and not say he who shall not be named that currently starts for this team at point guard, but we're going to get the rest of the season. And Frank is really going to just be an 11th man that plays one minute a game when you need a defensive stop when that defensive stop could have happened in the second quarter the third quarter Tibbs clearly sees his value so that I mean it, it was it is a question I'm I'm curious about I guess the bigger question is so I'll turn this over to you what's Frank's next team maybe not well, who it will be but is he like is this going to be a Trevor Ariza situation where he goes to another team and they're going to turn him into a weapon Oh man, talk about things that would keep me up at night. If he went somewhere and he was, and I believe he's an, a a guy who can help a team. So then you turn it back to the question you just asked. And for what it's worth, if there's no injury, he's not getting time for the rest mm-hmm. of this year. So yeah, that's really happening. Um, you ask yourself, okay, well, why, why is he not getting time? And then you you point to the players that are that are getting time ahead of him. And if we, if again, we're not, we're not talking about he who, sh- who shall not be named. And we're actually not even going to talk about that, that position because they don't see him in that position. And Tibbs likes that position to do certain things, but like he's boxed out and I'm not sure he'd be better than the four guys boxing him out because the four guys boxing him out are RJ Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, Re- Reggie Bullock and Alec Burks. 
And or, like, I know, you know, Burks gets, or, or sorry, uh, Burks is inconsistent. He's on a little bit of a slump right now. I know Bullock, you know, has had his lulls this year, but like, you look at Reggie Bullock's number, how quick he fires the ball, how much teams have to respect his threat from the outside, his defense. Like, this might be sacrilegious to some people, but I think Reggie Bullock's defense is damn close to Frank's. I didn't um, have it as a question, but I'm actually curious what you would keep Reggie Bullock for, because that's a question they're gonna have to consider. Is he's not? I think he's a. I think what do you bring could, him back for? I think you you could get a guy like him to stay for like five six million dollars a year. All right. Like that. Sign me up now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, just a thoughts about Frank that I had it on there as far as levels of importance. It's probably the least important. Will, will the 11th man become the 10th man at some point? But well, it's I, also so, that that jinx of have the Knicks signed a second contract to a guy that RJ being better this year has eased some of those fears. Cause if it's not going to be Frank, it's going to be him. But so I, I'd like talk, to see Frank talk, talk about spoon feeding your, your co-host on the pod leads into my number four question. There you go. Who, I, I guess you forgot he existed because he, in my mind, is their 11th man ahead of Frank is Kevin Knox. Oh, Kevin Knox. I, eh, I've i always, you want to say I'm not a Frank guy. I've kind of not been a Knox guy from the beginning. So, yeah, but so, okay. We've seen, we've seen productive minutes from Frank this year and they have been productive minutes in in the way that we have always seen productive minutes from Frank, he's doing the things that he's always done, and he's added some shooting. Kevin Knox, we also, it seems like a million years ago now, we saw productive minutes from him earlier this year. That happened this season. Yeah, I, I think if you remember how this season started with every team that wasn't in the bubble, they were all off to hot starts, and these teams that had three month off seasons came in out of shape, came in a little worn down. There was some COVID stuff. I don't want to say it was all smoke and mirrors that Knox was able to take advantage of the fact that for a lot of teams, for about 20 teams, the season didn't start until mid January when they started looking at film. Um, But my question has always been motor with him, which I think has proven this year. I don't, I thought his motor was okay. I didn't. Okay. I have. Ne- I never felt this year. This year, watching him play, that I that I was seeing a guy who like, oh, that that dude can't survive um, in a Thibodeau defense. I th- I didn't think he was great. I thought it was okay. You know, but like early on in this, again, if you want to caveat it, that's fine. But like, he had a game this season where he scored nineteen points. And it was granted it was in a loss to to Charlotte where they they got blown out. Very next game he came back and he scored 13 points in a game against Brooklyn. Um he was f- he there was a game this season where Kevin Lax put up 12 three-pointers <laughs> and hit five of them. You know, it's like this happened this year and I think if you were if you were going to map out like all right, what's a reasonable expectation for the first 20 games of the season assuming Kevin Knox plays? I think it wouldn't have been that far away from what we actually saw. And then we haven't seen him since then. So um, I had I had heard and, and reported at the time that the, the organization still believed in Kevin Knox and valued Kevin Knox and all of, all of that stuff. Where are they at now? That's the question. Where are they at on Kevin Knox? Is he expendable? Is he someone they still believe in? Is he like, like we just, we don't know. And I'm curious because at this point, like, Chris, uh, Chris asked on the live stream the other night, he was joking around about, I don't know if he was joking, maybe he was serious, but like throwing in Kevin Knox with like our second round pick to get, I don't know what. And like his salary is almost $6 million for next year. 
Are we sure some NBA team is going to be like, yes, I want to pay that dude who hasn't, who can't make a rotation for a 500 team, $6 million entering into restricted free agency. I just, I don't know. Um, these are, these are, this is why it's a question. It is indeed a question. I, I wonder, I mean, the fact that they went out and got Burks, the fact they went out and got uh, the kept Bullock and Obi being here, to be honest, that's going to create the log jam for Knox because he's a, like Knox's best. The best version of him, I think, is a stretch four. There's going to be a team that buys low on him and says, we'll give you the 25 minutes a night to get your struggles out while we tank in the same way that well, Dennis Smith Jr. went to Detroit. And I think the best example of this is Mark L. Fultz going to Orlando and just yeah. all of the the stress and anxiety of being the number one pick for a t- for a contender is gone. You're just straightening out your issues that I think is the the future for Kevin Knox, unfortunately. Um, yeah, probably. Or, yeah, well, uh, I'll, um, or, or is the quite, or is the, the similar answer roll forward with Kevin Knox and get what you can for Obi Toppin now. Um, Ooh. because think Ooh. about, think about we're not, we're not going to, I'm uh, trading Obi Toppin. is not one of the questions. Stop trading our power forwards, John. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just pointing out, like ima- imagine they were able to get 90 cents on the dollar for Obi Toppin this off season, which they're not going to be able to get. If, if you go by the, like what his value was, I guess when they were, when they drafted him, like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think they'd be able to get 50 cents on the dollar if, if that. So I don't think that's an option, but just in a world where they could, they'd be able to get like 90 cents on the dollar. I, that would solve a lot of issues because then you got the Randall thing and Knox. Okay. Your fourth question. What is it? Well, partly why I would not want to trade Obi Toppin is because my next question, uh, will Kenny Bryant and John, well, Kenny, Kenny Bryant. Wow. Did I do that? Kenny <laughs> Payne and them. Johnny Bryant. Uh, how long will they remain on this staff? Cause yeah. I was convinced when, so I went to DC a couple weekends ago and while I was there was when Payne was being rumored for a job, Bryant was rumored for a job, and Woody was rumored for a job. And I thought I would come back to New York and all three would be off the Knicks, wondering what that means going forward. My hope with Obi is that a summer, because I keep going back to this, he had two weeks between the draft and then you. preseason we're talking a guy that didn't play in the tournament that his last game was in the, wasn't even in the a 10 tournament or whatever <laughs> conference that they're in. It was literally the that last the regular season college game. And then COVID hit and you can work yeah. out in the gym all you want, but the, the longest of training camps that he had was two weeks with yep. Tibbs and, and in a culture that was already being put together by well, when Tibbs and crew took over. And he's so been, I would like to, he has been because Derrick right. Rose is back. I think I think yeah. that's at least what the what we would think would be the reasoning. Yeah, um, I would like to see him spend an off season with Kenny Payne and just you're in the gym with the big man whisper that turned Julius Randle into what he is now. And if they're gone, then you might actually have to wonder, well, what is the path for Obi Top? And not to give too much credit to assistant coaches, but I really do think the Knicks have assembled a staff that is a game changer. If you look at what the progress yeah. the Knicks have made on defense, the progress the Knicks have made with turnovers, we have a Knicks team that I'm surprised when they pass 10 turnovers a game and they don't really have great point guard play, which is why it's so amazing that they do. Um, you know, they're well dis- I forgot, I forgot to include, a t- I'm going to look up their uh, turnover ratio right now. Cause I forgot to put that in the newsletter the other day with all those stats. Keep, keep well, going. So I'm obviously going, I- I'm to be honest, going off of 
just recollection from watching every minute of the games. But yeah, no, it, it yeah. always seems like they have like five turnovers in the third quarter. It's like, oh, that's interesting. And then well, they, they get a little sloppy. They were horrible Randall. early in the year um, with, with the turnovers. They were very bad turning the ball over earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Point they is, are 19. Like so that's see, a lot. That's a lot better. Yeah, that is a lot better. I would like to see Kenny Payne and Johnny Bryant here long term. I wonder if off season comes around. If I mean, is it crazy to say that an NBA job will open up and look at Kenny Payne after what ha- what's happened with the Knicks this year? I don't think Kenny Payne. I think Johnny Bryant's the guy. Johnny Bryant's the guy. And I think the only way, my own two cents, I think the way they got Johnny Bryant to. St- I, I don't know this. I'm I'm just to be clear. I'm, I'm literally just talking out of my ass. I wonder, I wonder, not that I think, I wonder if the way they got him to stay around was like, you're going to be the next head coach of the Knicks. Ooh. <laughs> Look, he's the associate. Are you reporting that? Or is no, that spe- purely speculation? No, okay. Just, okay. Don't get me in trouble. I scared you. I don't. You really okay. Do. That is my next question. I, I, I enjoy the fact like we talk about infrastructure and culture and yeah. all that other those other buzzwords part of that is building out your staff where it's not just the face but it's everybody that's yeah. contributing to winning and i'm glad that they even though they lost woody it seems like it took a minute but they haven't skipped a beat three three wins in a row it they're they're able to now continue to build on this yeah. i wonder if they lose both of those guys if Tibbs yelling when they're up by 25 is going to fall well, on some tired ears, you know? What I, ju- I swear I just thought of this analogy, and it might be terrible. Losing Woody was like not getting to have dessert after a meal. It's like you don't it's, – it's, it's nice that you, when you get to have dessert, but mm-hmm. it's not really – it doesn't alter like the nutrition of the meal, the satisfaction of the meal, the whole thing. I feel like losing Johnny Bryan and Kenny Payne would have been like you losing your two, like your, your vegetables on the and Tibbs is the steak. Uh, I, this is, you're a writer. You, you <laughs> come with these analogies. Well done, sir. You need your okay. veggies. You need your I veggies. Get it. Cause I mean, no, he needs to change his underwear. I like just, your analogies. Just, a, just a steak. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't matter how good of a steak it is. If it's just a steak, it's just like, you know, it's just a steak. Okay. Now we're moving along. Um, my third question, I'm not going to talk about for a lot because I want to save the discussion for, um, an upcoming podcast we have, uh, with Jake Rosen coming back on. Uh, he will be on next week. Hi, Jake. Well, my, qu- my question in, um, is about the draft and specifically it's something that a lot of people have been asking. Um, and I'm going to ask it cause I'm very curious. Um, they're, they're not going to pick all these, make all these picks and, and bring in three more rookies into this situation um, next year. I don't think anybody thinks that's going to happen. So what are you doing? Um, are you using one of those picks to do a sign and trade with New Orleans for Lonzo Ball? Are you trying to, pa- are you basically, are you going into this draft with the mindset of like, all right, I'm going to package two of these together and try to move up or the two first together and move up. Um, I'm, I am kind of fascinated with where. So I was listening to the Low Post podcast earlier today. Um, Zach thinks the Mavs are going to finish sixth in the West, and if you look at it right now mm-hmm. and how they've been playing, that's not crazy. Especially and if you look, when you add in how the Lakers have been playing, yes, how the Lakers have been playing. The fact that Portland, and again, I'm stealing from from, from his podcast, but I I didn't know this. They're they have a negative scoring margin, and they are somehow nine games above 500, which is not a thing that happens. Um, so when you throw all that in, like, I think actually five is in play, but let's just say it is six. 
there's going to be three teams in the East that finish with better record than them. That's it. So that's a 22nd pick in the draft. Um, which again, I, I don't, it's very early and I don't want to, I, I'm going to, again, I'm going to save this for with Jake, but like I've heard like top 20 floated around like top 15, top 20. Is that pick going to like fall just outside the range where it's going to be as meaningful as it otherwise would have been? That's a question I have. Um, and then obviously if the Knicks like, fuck man, team's eighth right now uh-huh. <laughs> and they're playing well. These two so, picks could be like 17 six, and 22. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, it's a look, good problem to have because your team's not a, that bad anymore. Yeah. It's a wonderful problem to have. It's a fantastic problem to have. But if you package them together, where is it getting you? Is it going to get you? In, if like, if it, these again drafts are funny with how they develop and i'm very i'm excited to talk to jake about it but like teams fall in love with guys even even you know outside the top five some team is going to talk themselves into jalen johnson being a six you know nine guy who could run the floor and is super super athlete and the whole thing like some team's going to talk themselves into um you know keon uh, from tennessee like some teams talk themselves into players are they just going to be sitting there twiddling their thumbs like no one wants to take their phone or, or, you know, respond to their phone call in the way that they want. I don't know. I, I think that's going to be really interesting to see. And um, I hope they know what they're doing. Uh, I'm sure they I, do. This is where even more so Johnny Bryant and they, this team's ability to develop based off of having 22 and 16 as their picks matter. So um, my more interesting, at least what I'm more interested in with Dallas I, I don't know if you heard this, but I went on Blue Wire's NBA morning show, the the morning I, deuce. With, I, I did not get a chance to listen, but I am curious to hear what you're going to say. So I have a theory about LeBron. I think he wants the Lakers to fall to seventh. I think he wants to come because the only way he has a path to goatness is not amount of titles. It's difficulty of titles. If yeah, he has a seriously? bubble, ti- if he has a bubble title, if he has. Um, if he has the, the wow. Warriors 3-1 title and he wins a ring as the seven seed where he had to play in a playing tournament. If you look at how the seeds play out right now, there's a realistic scenario where if they win that play in and get the seven seed, they play Utah. And if AD and LeBron are healthy, who are you taking in a best of seven? The Lakers well, or Utah? Well, no, well, they would play Phoenix right now unless you think That's what Phoenix I'm saying. They're only a game though. behind though. If Phoenix gets the one... And Utah drops to two, which the way they've played lately, it, they literally just have to play 1% less than what they've been playing. And Fe- right now, Phoenix has the tiebreaker. Phoenix has been the best team in the league for two months now. Yes. Um, They're and- 44 and 15 in their last, but what- going back to the eight games in the bubble last well, year. I, th- I think they started this year. Didn't they start this year 10 and 10? Or They were or- 9 and 9, and then they went okay. like 35 and 6 over the next so- you know, games. Yeah. they they do not lose at home, just like Utah hadn't lost at home until, of course, the night last night as we're recording this. Um, and and uh, let's pour one out. In all seriousness, let's pour one out for Jamal Murray. Um, yes, I was. Mm, I fucking, tuned in because I got the alert that Steph had forty eight through three, and I got to watch the Warriors score thirteen points in the fourth quarter. Great. Um, I was watching the game too. What I was man, like as it happened, it was like oh, you knew okay. It. That's 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 he's not coming back for a while. Point yeah. is, them or Utah, who are you taking best of seven if the Lakers are healthy? No, I'm taking the Lakers. Okay, can, now go to insert- the second round yeah. when they're playing the Clippers. Lakers yeah. are healthy. Who are you taking? 
Again, I'm taking the Lakers. Conference final, they're playing the, the Phoenix Suns if they get there or Denver if they make it. So I... And then, then they're playing as a seven seed in the finals against Brooklyn. And then Kyrie decides, I, I want to take this series off. Look, I, well, <laughs> Kyrie. Oh, Kyrie. Um, that's where you, that's where you, uh, I'm going to give you a different answer. I, I'm, I, I would honestly I would, still take Brooklyn. <laughs> I, would take, I would take a healthy Brooklyn. I would take a healthy yeah, Brooklyn, yeah. but are we ever going to see a healthy Brooklyn? And that's the question. I, here's, I, I don't disagree with you, but I think, because then, <sighs> If you figure it's going to go Utah, Phoenix, um, LA Clippers as the top three, which at this point I would be Mm. kind of shocked if it didn't wind up that way. Then um, if he does finish with the seventh seed, he get, they get to go. They have to go to, they have to go to Phoenix. I'm saying, then they would have to play. Unless the Clippers avoid them. I know I'm, I'm taking it a different way. I, I don't think it's nuts to think, that they would want to finish, but God, do they really want to play? Like that's who the fuck it's a playing game. Anything can happen. I take them against Memphis. I take them against oh, Golden State. Obviously you against- take them against anybody. But that's the but- thing. I, I, I really have confidence in them. I, I think they would rather play Memphis than be the six seed and play the Clippers in the first round. Like the- one game the- against Memphis. And then you're going to Utah, a team that you've, beat in every significant matchup over the last two years. I don't, well, I don't think they fear Phoenix at all. I don't think they or fear Phoenix. Yes. I, I don't think they fear. I think they fear Utah more than Phoenix. And the, the Clipper part of it is fascinating to me because when is it better to play the Clippers? Is it better to play the, I, I think Simmons talking about this on his pod the other day. Is it better to play the Clippers in the first round? Or do you want to f- wait until the conference final? I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, um, how, do, how the hell do we get on this topic? What I told you my my more fascinating thing about the West with the Mavs. I think the Mavs are going to oh, get yeah. to sixth, which yeah. is also what I think LeBron wants. Um, I know oh we're running God. a little Mavs over time. Clippers in the first round, yeah. If they yeah, turn. a rematch of last year. I'm telling you, if like I understand this is Knicks film school, but the Western Conference is oh, very interesting. Right it's fa- it's it, it's fascinating, and it got less interesting with the Murray injury, although. In a certain way, with the jockeying, maybe it got more interesting. Um, yeah, no, this is – you could have a situation where we're looking at the matchups and we're thinking that the four best teams are all playing each other and that the four lesser teams are, like, you know, all playing each other. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, your, your turn, right? It's your My turn. turn. So your I'm going to ask so. two here because okay. they involve the same player kind of. Okay. Um, and plus we're running a little over on time. Well, yes. So um, my three and two involve – one Rowan Alexander Barrett. Really? Junior. Yes. Um, Did not make my list. So the first one is can RJ Barrett get to forty percent from three? Because I think that actually is a significant milestone with where his career started. With I mean, dude, the stuff I keep hearing about Fizdale and Mills and like you, your rant last night was we perfect. Just, we don't. We have just to don't have to talk about it, about it but it's pro- proving even more. Like we talked about Kevin Knox earlier how far back did they set his career how far back did they set frank's career the mismanagement throughout we only read about rj now just apply it down the roster anyway um and yet and yet and yet there there are people who uh, still defend the men that hired uh that coaching staff i mean hand up i was when they originally no, so was i but i'm just the, now today there are still mm-hmm. people that just throw that out there. I'm anyway. glad I'm glad 
it seems as if the evidence is showing to the contrary. Um, RJ Sark currently this season, uh, time recording, is 76 of 201 from three for a little oh, 30, 37.8. Yeah. Um, if he shoots 38 of 85 for the rest of the season, which averages, they have 17 games, that averages to about five threes a game going forward, five three-point attempts a game. Yeah. So he just has to make 38 of his final 85 ballpark. That gets him to 39.8, which if you round up is 40% for the season. And I can't think of a better way to, I mean, dude, the first eight games of the season when some of us on this podcast were putting him as the fifth best uh, asset on this team. Um, Cause like, can I just pause real quick? Like sure. your take then as much as I disagree, it was like it's rooted in data. I can't really fault it. Like it's it was, all backed up by numbers. It was dismissing the RJ-ness of it all. And yeah. all, all the stuff that people have been saying for over a year now, which is that the work ethic and the dedication and the seriousness with and the maturity and all of that stuff. I was basically brushing that to the side and be like, I'm sorry, you can't give me all that stuff when I'm seeing what I'm seeing on the court, which was a mistake by me, obviously. Um, but the point it, is, like, yeah. to even add this to, to Fisdale, not only did I think some of – because I was with you in the sense of, like, he's got a long hill to climb or a big hill to climb. Yeah. It's also, I think, we underestimated just how bad the last, like, year of RJ's life on the court was when oh, it yeah. comes to the team he was playing for, the coach he was playing for, the regime he was playing for, the, the Keith Smarts of it all. Um, so I would like to see RJ and his improved shot – and the rhythm that he's been on for the past 45 games keep going for the last 17. So he finishes over 40% from three. Um, I, can I just, I just want to yeah, say jump in. as the person who had him fifth on that list, I have not a question in the world about RJ Barrett moving forward. He oh, okay, good. The, he is the last thing I have a question about. And I have to say reading that article, any lingering thoughts that I had about, oh, you know, he still has these moments, stretches of games where he's throwing off this junk at the rim. And it's like, when is that getting better? And then I read that they have a, a specific plan to target those specific weaknesses in a systematic fashion moving forward. And Drew Hanlon's track record speaks for it's like, I'm, I'm in. I'm done. I don't worry about it. I just he's I agree. Yeah. Well, uh, so we'll, my two questions have to do with the progress he's made because so I'm thinking, your other can question? he get to 40? And the other one is, can he unseat Julius Randle for most improved player? Because right now, Julius <laughs> Randle is minus 200. And you know this better than anybody. I, I think our listeners know. Uh, earlier this season, I put a little hard-earned capital on Julius Randle to win most improved player. I got really good odds. In fact, to be specific, I got plus 5,000. He's now the favorite at minus 200. Then people like John Macri and Ian Bagley and Stefan Bondi have started the campaign of, well, maybe R.J. Barrett Listen. can do it. No, th that's how it starts. Jackie McMullen writes one article, Carmelone's the MVP. The media she floats something out Jackie there. Jackie fucking McMullen. Yes. Okay, you're... What do I have to say? The New York has never started a media storm before. So I, all okay. I say is you guys put it out to the universe. And at first I was like, wait, no, shut up. Let him win next year's because some of us would like to see that bet turn into something. But John, what I forgot and what I'm going to tell our listeners now is mm -hmm. that I was 
you know, thinking long term back in February when I made that bet on Randall. The rest of the betting slip also included RJ Barrett at plus ten thousand. That's pretty so, good. So um That's pretty good. Go ahead, RJ. Go ahead. I don't mind. Go for it, buddy. He, Please he, progress. Not, continue. He's not gonna win it. Um hey, it's Randall. It's I think it was Randall's award to lose. Um I think it's important that Christian Wood had a long injury. I think that mm-hmm. hurts him. Like and Jeremy also, Grant, the fact that his team stinks. I think it's important. Like, it's, it. it's, 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 it would be even NBA guys who are not the most um, forward thinking uh, folks. Like, you, you have to acknowledge the fact that he's putting up these numbers in a situation where it's like, just what? What's mm. going on here? It's Randall's award to lose. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to win it. Um, which ask, per- ask two questions now, by the way. Go ahead. What you were going to say? I was about to say it leads into my next question, okay, perfect. which is about Julius Randle. Um, and the, the question is something that has been brought up on the pod before, but this has a, a different slant to it, which is the all NBA question. So um, I think, and so to update this um, as we are recording this uh, right now, um, Kevin Durant has still played. Actually, no, I think today was his 20 was it today his 21st game. I think today was his 21st game. He's mm. still not playing um, back-to-backs. So I think at most, Kevin Durant is going to play. Yeah, he's he's played. So, no, maybe today was his 22nd game. Sorry, today was his 22nd game. Um, I think at most, he's going to probably play 35 games. So he's going to play less than half of the games. I I think he should be disqualified. I do too. All-NBA. Um, Anthony Davis, similarly is still several weeks away from playing. I think he's going to wind up playing in less than half the games. Um, and he actually wasn't even like, like his usual Anthony Davis self it, towards the um, towards the end before he got injured. I think he should be disqualified. So that means we are now settled on LeBron. I actually, I think he's the exception to the rule. I think he's, he's in. Um, Giannis is obvious. Kawhi is obvious. Um, I'm sure there's maybe a, count, a case to mount against Paul George. I'm not about to mount it. I think he's in. So then you have Randall competing with uh, Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson, and Jimmy Butler. Um, I think it's probably going to – I think those three guys will get more votes than him. Um, but just there is a world where the Pelicans fall out of it and Zion is like his numbers like I, I still think he'd probably get in I, I, if he stayed healthy and continued playing games because his numbers are so obscene but like even put him in let's say the Knicks finish with a better record than the Heat and the Celtics like is it that insane is it that insane to think that he would he would get it? I think it, I think the guy I, for him to get voted in over Butler man that would be I don't know about that so with that caveat in mind if he got it, that makes him super max eligible. Yeah, that's that's why. As much as I'd love for him to get, for like, yay, Knicks did stuff. I Loki would like him to and miss because that don't, makes it easy to extend him. You don't. Well, I'm. I don't. I don't know that he's going to take the extension they could offer him this summer, and we don't need to get into that because we just don't know. But like, I do know this: you you can't sign Julius Randle to a, a super max contract. And I agree. If, if he's supermax eligible, my guess is his agent would tell him, like, this is a game changer. You're not signing any piece of paper this summer because you could sign another piece of paper um, that's for double the amount of that money, um, almost, um, or in that neighborhood. 
So it complicates the situation even more, which is why like I I'm I'm I'll root for it in a weird way, but at the same time I'm going to be like for for the sake of like if you like if you want Julius Randle here long term, I would be rooting against him making the NBA team. I'll it's, just say that. I will say cuz I I've been tracking this for a couple months now. Um yeah. like I have the I have like a, a notepad where I just have everybody who I think and I move them up like once a week, I'll go look at it. Um, I find it hard to believe that he'll make third team. I, I think the game that they played at the garden against the heat, let me know. Cause anything Jimmy Butler did, he was able to get a call. He was able to get to the line. He got every foul call for him. He got every non foul yeah. call against him. So I think the respect he has in this league, especially after last year in the bubble, no, I, this I is all that. voted on by, like, I think the way they're going to reward Julius Randle is by giving him giving the most, most improved, improved player. It's the Tibbs argument. And for a while we thought Tibbs would be the coach of the year and that's how they would reward the Knicks. And it's like, no, I think Randle being most improved player will I, be a testament because the Knicks are the most improved team. Well, which makes sense. Monty Williams, I think, is now the front, has to be the front runner. I haven't looked at the recent betting odds, yeah. but I, I have to think has he's to the be. front runner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I j- the only other thing I'll say is Butler's played in 16 less games, and maybe he can catch up. Um, but I think that's, you know. I legitimately think he's got that LeBron grandfathered in reputation now. The guy went head-to-head with LeBron last year in the finals. And yeah. The league no, you're, especially the the voters for this noticed. You're not you're you're not wrong. You know. Um. Okay. Ask another question. My uh, my last question is just very simple. Like, I don't know. I'm sure, there's a, a more interesting way to phrase this, but just like, what's going to happen in the playoffs? I oh, would, like, that's my last question too. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna so you know, over. I just um, I'm just. Are you I'm optimistic? Are you yes. optimistic about them winning a playing game? I, you know, if you gave me some play money to put down right now, um, if you gave me some money to put down right now, I think I would say that they're going to make it. I think they're going to be a top six seed. Whoa. Okay. Because that's different. Because okay. here, here, here's why. Um, I know how much they have struggled to score this year. I know. Obviously, they were benefiting from shots not going, opponent shots not going in earlier in the season. Um, I just did a newsletter on the numbers. It's since that shit is that that's gone. The luck factor. They're they're average team when it comes to the luck of teams opponents making threes now. So the defense is real. Mm-hmm. So if the if the defense is real, um, and it's like yes, the schedule doesn't have any patsies down the stretch except for the the Rockets game, but it also doesn't have any unwinnable games. And by the way, again, I feel bad saying this: the Denver game actually becomes a little mm. bit more, little, 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 little bit more. It's like, would it be that crazy? Um, and then who knows what's going to be going on with the Lakers and the Clippers, and who's going to be playing for them? So like, they can win every game pretty much down the stretch. Um, I two games against Phoenix would be the other ones, but like that's five out of seventeen left. Um, and I think their, their ability to shoot, um, the Laker game aside, when they shot 18%, their ability to hit threes now for a little while now, and they're taking good threes and they're generating threes. And it's like, I think they could score on on some nights and it's just, who's, who's going to get in over them? Because if you look right now, their net rating for the year is 13th. 
The only teams who have a better net rating than, than them in the Eastern Conference are the big three and then Boston and Atlanta. And then you look and it's like the Heat are way back. So it's basically, to me, they're, they're going to finish with a better record than Charlotte with Charlotte's injuries. Um, so it's a matter of can they jump either Boston, Miami, or Atlanta. Atlanta's a little banged up. They have the tiebreaker against Atlanta. I don't know. You're going to make me fucking believe. Jesus. I'm going to actually go into the last eight, 17 games thinking the Knicks are going to... Although... Okay, so better question. What do you want? Would you want to just go play Milwaukee best of five, uh, yeah. best of seven? Fuck you want yes. You want a shot at Milwaukee. Fuck okay. yes. You don't want yes. like a 7-8 against the Celtics where you get to put the beginning of the nail in the coffin of that run and then you get to go to Brooklyn? I... God. I, I, I want nothing to do with Brooklyn. Well, I agree. Like healthy wise, there, but that is a question mark. The health of Brooklyn, and whether we want to admit it or here's not, the, the Knicks have played Brooklyn tight in all three games. Here's the thing, and I, didn't we talk about this recently? I've, it's all again. It all runs together. I, if you give Tibbs ch- a chance to game plan against, yeah, I look. I'll probably eat my words when they fucking sweep us two months from now. <laughs> you know, by an average of like 20 points a game. But like, I will, I would like to see what Tibbs comes up with, with a chance to game plan against Giannis. Okay. That's all. I just want to see. I, my thought was more like, if they that play team that is seven, three players. Sorry, that team is three players. It is. Like, all due respect to the Dante Vincenzo's and Bobby Portis's of the world. Um, PJ Tucker's can't get on the court. Like, that team's three players. Three guys. So, I don't, I don't know. I, I'd argue... If you were doing a draft of both rosters, you take three players off of. Well, would Randall go above Drew Holiday or Randall go above Middleton? Oh gosh, I don't know. It's relevant. Middle, the Middle, is it's Middleton's the guy you want in the playoffs. That dude's he's really good. So my thought was, from an optimistic standpoint, if they get the seven, and more fans are allowed in, and you actually get a real Garden crowd for a seven-eight matchup against Boston. And you get the New York Boston aspect of it. You get like putting the nail in the coffin of this run that they've had over the past five years where Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens couldn't do wrong. If you asked anybody in the media, by the way, I think it would be Charlotte or Chicago. I don't think it would be Boston. So you think Boston would you you're really down on Charlotte. Okay. I know their injuries are bad, but Gordon Hayward's going to miss another. I think he's going to miss another three weeks. Okay. So then under this scenario where I'm thinking of this more than as the Knicks being the seven, I want to, because I don't think the Knicks are winning any of those series top three. I want to see them play Brooklyn where Brooklyn doesn't have a home game for a best of seven. I want to see what that looks like. I mean, they might win the series. They might get booed off the court every night, but I just want to see that. The Brooklyn thing's interesting because of the health issue, right? And it's mm-hmm. like this: this the the big three have played what is it, 140 minutes together this season? It's um, like seven games, yeah. It's seven games, and I think it's like 100 something, you know. And they're not they're not playing any minutes together anytime mm-hmm. soon because <laughs> James Harden, who fuck knows, he's gonna go. It's like there's a very real possibility that the, that trio sees 10 games of court time together going into the playoffs, and like I don't know. I just um, they've really impressed me this year, and I do think. For as much as Nick fans and I have, I've done this are like you know um, anybody who thinks the Blake and the Marcus Aldridge stuff is going to matter in the long run when we're talking about like a Finals against the Lakers, like that's a different conversation than 
can Lamarcus Aldridge make the Knicks' life difficult? Like, yeah, he's still good enough to do that. Blake Griffin even could probably make the Knicks' life difficult um, in the right. And like, you know, say what you want. Like, they've they seem like they're pretty well coached. Um, whether it's D'Antoni or Steve Nash or whoever. Um, but and like they got have they have guys who could do some stuff. Like Jeff Green, <laughs> like Joe Harris. Like, uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Good. I hottest take of the pot. Brooklyn is good, right? I think I think. <laughs> <Brooklyn is> <laughs> I, I think Healthy, they're my pick to win it all. I think go to take this full circle. There was an episode of Final Score where I looked at Brooklyn plus one thousand. I had so many questions, and you were like, "Those are the best odds." If you want to make a bet, those oh. are the best odds because they Ridiculous. have a trade in them. I didn't realize it was going to be for twenty eighteen James Harden, but they had a trade in them. They made it, and then everybody that wanted to ring chase went there to be their bench. So I think. If we're placing a bet on any team to win it all, it would be Brooklyn. Yeah. There are still questions coming up in that first questions. round that I think if the pressure of you do not have a home game in the best of seven against one of the best defensive teams that every single team that plays them, the reputation the Knicks walk away with is that team doesn't stop playing. They guard mm-hmm. uh, tight. They close out well. The, the, that's just a, a, a bitch of a game to play when you play the Knicks. And a team that doesn't like playing defense then gets to play them for a best of seven. I'm not even saying the Knicks win the series. I just want to enjoy that for the the week and a half that it would be on. And and of course, I'm sure there are people listening to this right now who are like, you're both idiots. The best scenario would be the Knicks get the seven seed, lose a heartbreaker to whoever they play, then lose a heartbreak, then lose a heartbreaker in the next game. So much. I hate it so much. Well, but let's mentality that the only way you can win is by losing. Well, hold on. I do want to acknowledge that if that happened, that if they got the seven seed and somehow it ended yeah. up in the in the top four lottery, that would be the best scenario. Oh, but we're talking <laughs> about less than 10% odds in that case. I'd rather the 100% odds that you made the playoffs and your young guys that are progressing this year got to enjoy some playoff basketball we, and experience. We'd be, we'd be talking about, I'll tell you exactly what the odds are. We would be talking about. The best they could finish is 11th. And it oh would no! Be... If they so if they were the seventh seed, I think the the highest likelihood is that they would have the best record record of anyone who went into the lottery. And if they did have the best record of anyone that went into the lottery, they would have a two point four percent chance then, of moving up. If no it thanks. went, if, if it if it if it went to the thirteenth best record in the lottery, then that increases to a uh, even or almost an even 5% chance. So like, you know, it gets, it gets bad. And then, and then pretty soon you're talking about it's a, it's a 8% chance. And that, it's like, you know, anyway. All right. I would I think rather not. I would rather this is not a successful fill in pod, by the way. I think we actually got a full pot out of this. Look at as up. long as people got past the Britney Spears stuff, I think they were rewarded with some good basketball mm-hmm. talk. You're um, welcome for leaving it in, by the way, people. This is gonna be fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh Andrew, anything you want to plug or promote? Would I like to plug something? Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Knicks Film School podcast. If you dig the show, Head on over to iTunes and drop a five-star rating and review. If you dig John, follow him on Twitter at NBA. If you dig the sweatshirt behind him, for those of you watching on YouTube, mm. head on over to the Knicks merch store. There is a pinned tweet on the Knicks Film School Twitter account that has a link to our merch store. You can get it in all sizes from extra small to 4XL. There's a bunch of different patterns, too, if you'd like. We have all black. We have yes. 
uh, logo on gray like John has. And if you like the color of our podcast logo, there's my personal favorite that is That's... in transit uh, logo on Royal Nick's blue. Um, you can get a phone case, you can get a coffee mug, you can get a mask, you could get uh, a bunch of stuff that supports the brand. So we appreciate all the contributions you give in the super chat. Here's a way you can contribute and get some swag in return. Uh, so head over to the Knicks merch store. And last but not least, you can check out the Knicks Film School YouTube channel. For those of you watching, thank you for subscribing. Tell your friends, share all of our content. We appreciate all of you for doing so already. John. Thank you for having me on the Knicks Film School podcast. That was a really good plug. You're really you. good at plugging the just all of that. Might things. be my niche going forward is Man. that you just have me on to do that at the end of every show, or I'll just play. I'll just cut and paste this to the end of every show. No, it's it's work. really good. As I hear my yeah. daughter rustling around in the kitchen, which means it is my uh, time to go. Uh, I will say thank you. Um, do all the things that Andrew said, and um, thank you, Andrew, for coming on. <laughs> and. <laughs> so funny and uh yeah we'll see you uh for another episode we have a good one coming up um later in the week uh yes, to do. talk um a little bit more about the uh team that plays in um a city in texas that the knicks are playing um soon so um until then uh have a good week and we will see you soon Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.